On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we talk about week two in the NFL, and man, was it a bloodbath. Stars were injured, including my beloved Saquon Barkley. We're going to talk what that means for the New York Giants moving forward. Spoiler alert, it is not good. We've also got some of our favorite punching bags in the bad coaching tree. Bill O'Brien still there. Dan Quinn and the Falcons. How do you lose that game when you're up 20 in the fourth? Unexplicable that these guys still have their jobs. We talk about who the first coach to get fired is. But then we look ahead to week three, and some of our darlings so far in terms of backdoor covers include Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, that's right. Backdoor covers from the Bengals. And also, editor's note, we recorded this episode prior to the news about Tyrod Taylor coming out. So, Tyrod, if you're listening, which we know you are, please don't get mad at us. We got week three, best bets, lines, over-unders, and the return of our insider Coulter. So stay tuned for episode 79 of Double Down Trend. Double Down Trent, you might want to tune in Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win Pop culture to movies, let's start up the combo Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto Keep it authentic and it's always live So competitive, so you know it's always hype Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss Going all in here on Double Down Trent Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go This is Double Down Trent All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I'm your co-host, as always. Joining me tonight is the model, a.k.a. Aaron. How you doing, bud? I am coming out of an injury-packed week two weekend, and I'm just trying to get over and lick my wounds from some of my picks. But, uh, uh, you know, it was a rough week. I'm glad it's over. It's in the rear view mirror. I'm not thinking about it anymore. I'm done. I'm good. Yeah. I'm not going to touch on the injuries just yet. We'll get there. And back from a nice week vacation is our NFL insider, Coulter. How you doing, my man? I'm doing good. Rested uh, up on vacation. Unfortunately, you know, it got the better of me with my picks. You know, <laughs> a vacation brain is not a, a winning brain when it comes to uh, handicapping. And, and I learned that the hard way, unfortunately. Yep. When we take the week off from everything, apparently we take the week off from picks too. And it was a brutal, just bloodshed week of everything. Picks, injuries, our teams are looking terrible. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> so Coulter, you want to start? <laughs> I was going to say Drew Locke, Sutton are out for the year, joining Von Miller for the Broncos. Uh, so- I think my picks are still incorrect because my key pick this week is the Broncos. <laughs> oh, man. No, no, Coulter. don't do it. <laughs> I think I'm still on vacation, Bree. Uh We'll get to that in a second, though. But yeah, no, it's been a rough start. 0-2 for the Broncos, 0-2 for the Giants. Uh, not a lot to hang on to. Um, you know, this pool that we're in is definitely one of those things week to week that makes it fun because uh, you kind of have an interest in every game. So I'm really glad that we're in it again, and uh, I can have another bad Broncos season kind of mitigated by the fact that we're doing this every week. Yeah, and this is really... I would guess the only Giants Broncos centric podcast out there right now. And both of our teams are terrible. Just getting crushed again, with injuries again. again. Yeah. I mean, like the it, fifth it's straight just, year that these two franchises have not been able to get out of their own way. It, it's crazy. Mr. Model, you're there in the heart of everything. I mean, what's going on? I, I actually caught a lot of the Bronco game this weekend and I, it was, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, thought that they played well at the end of the game in a lot of the garbage time. They're actually able to make it competitive and even had the chance to go on and take the win. Obviously they couldn't do it um, very early. Driscoll just looked absolutely abysmal and the line couldn't really protect him at all from a really good pass rush from the Steelers. Well, hopefully they can uh, correct that going forward. But to me, the one takeaway I had, and I mentioned this off air before we started that Pittsburgh Steeler team looks like a damn good team, uh, both on both sides of the ball. And I can see them making a pretty good run uh, the rest of the year. Well, that's yeah, why I like Denver this week. I think Tampa is massively overrated. And I think Denver is massively underrated considering what they achieved on the road against a really good Pittsburgh team. But we'll get into that handicap later. Yeah. And I'll just say it from my side of things. It's just a gut punch for the giants to lose Saquon Barkley. You know, you think that maybe we're finally turning the corner with this rebuild, getting things get together, and then bam. And it was in the first quarter. It was early. It's just like, that's it. I was just so just down from that. It's brutal. Yeah, I don't even know how you come back from that and 
what you try to salvage. I guess you got to think that you could uh, like to see Daniel Jones shine a little bit more than uh, what he's done so far, but he's going to be a lone, uh, a lone spotlight, if you will. I mean, that's the thing. They already had, a, you know, a piecemeal offensive line. They were working on rebuilding, but now without Saquon Barkley, these teams can just tee up on the pass. I mean, there's, there's I know they signed Devonte Freeman, but I mean, come on, they're, they're going to just use all these backup guys now. And I heard a stat that altogether, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, and Evan Ingram, they're five like offensive key stud players. They've taken seven snaps together in two full seasons. It's crazy the amount of injuries they've had. And, you know, you feel bad for Saquon. He's a young guy. I think he'll bounce back. But the Giants now, it's like, what the hell do you do? Because they were going to be bad anyway. We knew it. I was a little optimistic. Joe Judge's first season, but now, holy hell, it could get bad. I mean, they're going to be fighting, in my opinion, with the Jets for probably the first pick in the draft. Yeah, I was going to say, the thing that we underrated with the Giants, and I think, I think we actually did this on the pod, is the schedule is really brutal for them. Uh, yep. And so they're really, honestly, coming out of the gates. They had to win that Bears game if they stood a chance, uh, not just in the standings, but just from a morale sense. Without Barkley, you're absolutely right. Their hopes are done. I mean, just look how brutal this next stretch of games is. Niners, who are hungry, they're going to want to win games while their players are hurt. They're going to max motivate, even though they're injured. Rams, same thing. I mean, they've had a great start. They're max motivated. Cowboys, I mean, every win that they can pick up in September and October means that they can rest guys in December because no offense, your division's a runaway. And then, I mean, football team has been just wrecking offensive linemen uh, or offensive lines around the league. And although their offense stinks, that D-line is enough to win at least one game against the Giants. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That division is going to be ridiculous. You know, Carson Wentz is down. The Eagles look down. The Cowboys up and down. But it's definitely not going to be the Giants. I still think this is Dallas's division to to lose. We'll see what happens. But, uh, Coulter, it was a bloodshed a week for everyone in week two. Where do you want to start here? Is there anything that jumps out at you? Because I know there's a lot to talk about. Uh, you kind of well, – why don't we just start with the Jets? Actually, no, let's start with the first rule of Fight Club because <laughs> – the first rule of this podcast is an important staple uh, that everybody should really follow, and we should tweet it out and make sure everybody knows. Scream it from the mountaintops, from the Rocky Mountains to the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, don't change your picks on Sunday. You know, <laughs> I made plenty of mistakes lollygagging with my picks on vacation. I had 10 losers, count them 10, which is the most I've ever had in this pool. But I would easily, easily take a seven and nine week with pleasure if it meant that I just had stuck with the Rams uh, on Sunday. I switched that pick to the Eagles the last minute because the line presented three points of value. Our line, as we've explained on the podcast, is a deadline. The deadline gave the Eagles, you know, three-plus points of value. So I thought, oh, why not? I'll take Philly at home with three-plus points of value. Uh, that was just the wrong pick. I liked the Rams all week on the road. They're a great road team with McVay. Actually, he's the best road coach in the league, which is amazing. Um but instead, I flinched and disaster ensued. So, again, 10 losers of the 10, none sting more than that one uh, because uh, Philly's locker room is – and we'll get that. I have a bonus pick this week. Philly's locker room, I think, is bottom five in the NFL. Uh, there's some bad coaches, and I don't think Peterson is one of them, but there is just something not right about what is going on inside Philadelphia's locker room, in my yeah. opinion. We, we, we called it out last year. They don't like Wentz. The players don't like Wentz. Now he's not playing on the field, so the fans and the press don't like Wentz, and the coaches don't like Wentz. It is a toxic situation in the city of brotherly love. It could Stay get on that one, bad. There's yeah. some value betting against Philly, in my opinion. I completely agree with that, and I think it's going to get real bad real quick there, especially if Wentz doesn't come through. I mean, they're going to have to to make Doug Peterson the scapegoat because they're not going to just cut Carson Wentz. Didn't they just give him his big contract? I mean, they're not going to trade him. So, the, you know, who knows what's going to happen? But uh, just I the- actually forgot that they actually paid once. I couldn't, you know, not that he's played so bad that I can't believe that they paid him. But I did forget uh, that they did hand off that big deal because now they're in a situation where what do you do with that guy if he's not the answer? And Hurts yeah. is the answer. And you're going to yeah. end up eventually with the situation where, like, the Ravens maybe. Maybe that's what happens to Philadelphia. If we're going to play this one on a grand scale. Maybe Wentz is like Flacco and they transition to Hurts uh, at some point at the end of this year. Uh, and then they have to get rid of Wentz and cost themselves a lot of money. But they kind of do it on the fly and then they're competitive again next year. Because that's kind of the Eagles' MO is 
they never really bottom out, kind of like Baltimore. So I'm just kind of playing that one out in real time here as we talk about them as a team. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it. Drafting Hurts now maybe doesn't look like such a crazy move, but I, my, I stand by the opinion of whenever you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. It's just a, a weird rule that it happens all the time. So who knows? Let's keep an eye out. Maybe Jalen Hurts starts coming in and playing. Um, there's been a, a, a lot of bad coaching around the league. This is one of our favorite things is the, the punching bags uh, of bad coaching. I kind of want to start with Dan Quinn, who somehow is still alive. I mean, wow. we thought he was, yeah, we thought he wow. was getting fired last year at like week five and somehow he's still here. So they lose an absolute heartbreaker to the Cowboys. And I guess you, you can't really blame Quinn entirely except for that onside kick. And I know he's not the special teams coordinator, but you're the fucking head coach. How do these guys not know the rule? They were all he, standing I, around the ball. He was interviewed after the game saying that the players should know their roles in terms of what they should be doing to react to that ball. And it did not happen. That was scary. I, I heard a stat and it's absolutely mind blowing. So they first started keeping track of turnovers in 1933. OK. It happened 400 and something times. I forget the exact number. It's over 430 times is that a team had scored 39 points or more and did not commit a turnover in the entire history of the league. They're the first team to do that and lose the game. Every other team had won that game. It's an unbelievable Ouch. stat. Ouch. Yeah, I've heard that stat. And how does Quinn still have a job after? Oh, my the God. Owner, the owner had to have gotten that stat by now. If, if yeah. Common, if common folk like us have accessibility to a stat like that, how does the owner keep him on? I, I have shocking. no idea. And I thought Atlanta would be at least a little frisky. I didn't think they were going to win that division, but I thought given all the guys they added this year, they might be fighting for a wild card spot. They're at 0 and 2. I mean, how much rope do you give Dan Quinn? Because if they lose to Chicago this week, you got to fire him, right? I think at, at 0 and 3, they have no hope in that division. Uh, it wouldn't make any much sense to keep Dan Quinn on. I, I don't know what the players would be playing for. You know, this would be the second straight year too. Didn't they start one and seven last year? Something like so that. Yeah. What, so what, if you're a player in that locker room, what are you, your expectations going into a year is, Oh, we're going to build our, we're going to put ourselves into a one and seven hole every single year with our coach. And we're going to have to go seven, one in the back end just to have a reasonably decent season. That's not a fair, a fair thing to have happen. And I feel like that team has got a lot of veterans that they were kind of keying up to make this like a, a playoff, you know, wild card run type situation. I will say, I think that they, uh, and the Texans, not to make excuses for Bill O'Brien and Dan Quinn, but they, those two teams in particular have had the toughest schedules. I mean, arguably Falcons have played the top two teams in the NFC and the Texans have played the top two in the AFC. So, I mean, it's a big, I mean, the Falcons are favored this week. I don't know if we're going to get into that game or not, but I mean, there's, there's a reason why that's happening because there are no in two team, but there are no two team with two quality losses. Yeah. And that's a good transition to Bill O'Brien because I was watching that game. I, I picked the Ravens. I my key pick uh or at least one of my picks it was my don't overthink the pick pick if that makes sense uh i oh, knew the Ravens gonna win but i, I overthought it and went with bill <laughs> uh, oh god you can't be doing that Coulter. i mean this is the well, here, I, and you, you brought thing. it up is bill o'brien not the most motivated head coach in the nfl this season this season I mean, I think he, he has the most approved. And when you put that on to somebody, when I think of the words most approved, I think this guy will cover the spread, you know, or will be motivated to at least keep games close throughout the year. Uh, obviously, he's not that good of a coach. I learned the hard way. But I mean, that was my thinking going into the game is that Houston and Bill O'Brien are all in. Uh, and eventually they're going to cover. But Bill O'Brien's the GM, right? So the GM's not going to fire himself. So it's got to come down from ownership. And unless they're absolutely getting blown out every week, I don't see the I don't see the owner firing him. But this is two weeks in a row now. And granted, they played the Chiefs and the Ravens, who are the two best teams in the AFC, probably arguably two of the five best teams in the league. He had no motivation to hurry this game up. They're down 17, 20 with like 10 minutes left to go in the game. And they are just like hand the ball up the middle, doing little dives. It's like, Bill. What are you doing? Are you playing to win the game? Are you doing a Herm or are you just fucking out there cashing checks? Because this guy is making terrible decisions. I, I literally had to flip the game off because I was like, there's no way the spread's even at risk here. I stopped watching the game. I just can't see him lasting beyond this year unless something terrible happens. But I would, I think he's one of the worst coaches in the league. 
Yeah, I, I think my biggest problem is I bet against Baltimore probably too much. I did it last year, and I really just have to stop doing it. This is a team that is just better than most NFL teams. And in a COVID season, with their offense and the way they run the football, and the other thing about Houston, not to keep uh, kind of hitting on this team, but their run defense is atrocious. Just oh, yeah. an absolutely horrible, horrible defensive front seven. Uh, the Chiefs ran all over them. And you saw it with the Chiefs game against the Chargers. They were limited in what they were able to do on the ground because the Chargers actually have a half-decent run defense, uh, whereas Houston is just a sieve up front. So for the fantasy owners out there, definitely play guys who are running running backs against Houston because that, that team cannot stop the run. And I'm going to transition this. Let's go a little optimistic since we've been talking about all the negatives here. But the guy that Bill O'Brien shipped out of town, DeAndre Hopkins, now sitting on a Cardinals team that looks pretty good. I do want to just give myself a quick pat on the back. Before the season started our podcast, I said, you know who's the team that I'm going to like and that's going to get points is the Arizona Cardinals. They look like the real deal, Mr. Model. What do you think? Is Kyler showing what he can do? They, they've looked fantastic. I caught a little bit of their game this weekend. I mean, his arm strength to me is not ideal, but with his feet – he can definitely make some uh, plays happen uh, that came out of nowhere. I think with them coming up with uh, Detroit this weekend, I think you're looking at a possible 3-0, and or at least that's what I'm going to root for. And, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a team to watch, and who knows what's going to happen out, out there in the West. Yeah, and that division is by far the best division in football. And I think what I said in the, in the beginning of the season is that Cliff uh, Kingsbury maybe held back a little bit and now is unleashing the full potential of his offense. It really is amazing what a guy like DeAndre Hopkins can do, though, because now all of a sudden the defense has to double team Hopkins and it opens up everything. It opens up the running game for Kyler Murray. It opens up all the other weapons they've got. And now they can really do what what they envisioned they were going to do when Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray were paired together. Coulter, do you think the Cardinals can be frisky in that division? I know it's loaded, but what do you think? Oh, absolutely. I think they can. I mean, what have we seen from Seattle that shows that that team can rush the passer or defend the pass? Uh, you know, uh, Ryan carved them up in week one and Cam Newton carved them up in week two. And quite frankly, uh, I don't think that Cam Newton has many weapons and we don't even know how accurate or good Cam Newton really is. But all I know is that he made Seattle's defense look pretty bad. So that makes me really question what they have going on up there. Obviously, they have Wilson, who's great. San Francisco has a rash of injuries. Um, and then, you know, I think the, the team in the West that really is lurking is the Rams to me because of all the talent that they brought in and how all in they really are as a franchise this season in particular uh, financially. But I mean, to your point, the Cardinals of our, are also going all in. They traded for Hopkins, which is looking like probably the best offseason trade. Yeah, I mean, close to it in NFL history. If they keep keep it up at this clip, I mean, he looks like a man possessed. Um I don't think there's a person uh, in the NFC uh, West that is as talented as DeAndre Hopkins on any given Sunday. I know they've got Donald and Russell Wilson and Jalen Ramsey and, and Bosa, and it's a very talented, talented division. But I think on any given Sunday, DeAndre Hopkins can be the best player on a football field. So I think it's an important thing for the Cardinals. They did not have that blue chip talent, and he has elevated Kyler Murray to a premier status at quarterback, which is monumental for a franchise when you have that. And you've got a blue chipper like that uh, going, you know, that connection is huge. I think the Cardinal ceiling is, is very, very high. Yeah. Now, I know you got a few more things on week two, Coulter, but I got one last little ditty on my end that I'd like to talk about. And that is Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, we don't love the coach. I don't think the coach is still, you know, someone that's a, a real productive head coach, in my opinion. But Joe Burrow looks like the real deal. And the reason I bring them up they got this sneaky little backdoor cover on Thursday night with like that's 10 seconds to go in the game. That was, that's when I knew things were going the wrong <laughs> way. I, I picked that game. I picked the Bengals. So I'm, I'm going to circle them as well. Add them to my list with the uh, Arizona Cardinals that they could be that pesky gambling team. If they're getting like, let's say like this week, five and a half, six, seven points. The backdoor cover is going to be open all day long. I feel like with the Bengals. <laughs> I, you just are you, I mean, you must've read my bonus pick here. Cause I have Bengals <laughs> plus six. I can't hand out Zach Taylor as a best bet, uh, on this podcast. My conscience will not allow me to do it, but I'll say a point blank. You know, I think Philly is a disaster zone and getting six points on any team is good value. Any team, even a team like Cincinnati, who I don't think is, I think they're one of the four worst teams in the league. They have a terrible offensive line. 
I don't think they have much talent on defense either, but I still like them at plus six because as you said, Burrow is a covering machine. He, he's two and oh so far in yep. covering uh, horrible defense plus bad offensive line play equals recipe for garbage time points. And Cincinnati seems like they're kind of poised to do this two minute drill. They've done it twice now uh, in two weeks. And Philadelphia's got injuries all up and down their roster. They've been atrocious in the second half, too, being outscored 20-0 by a football team in week one. And I think they were outscored 27-7 on Sunday. So they've been outscored by 20 points in two straight games in the second half. I don't see that changing. Um, yeah, so I'm just giving everybody a free preview of my, my bonus pick, and that's the Bengals. To your point, I like them a lot, too. I don't know if they're going to win football games, but they're definitely going to be a team uh, that you don't want to bet against, especially in situations where you're getting a perceived playoff team in, in Philadelphia versus a perceived bottom five team. And it's like, uh, you know, I don't know. Is Philadelphia a playoff team? Is Cincy that bad on any given Sunday? Could not agree more, Coulter. Now, Mr. Model, one last thing for me, I guess. I, I lied. So I do have one last thing. We were talking about the Chargers. And, yeah. and I said, you know – what are they doing? They're kind of floundering. They got Tyrod. Well, guess what? Herbert gets the scratch emergency start and looks pretty damn good against the defending Super Bowl champs. Are you still standing by your Tyrod take? I could not believe how well he played, and I will admit that I have to give it to you here. He had a phenomenal game, especially for a last-minute start out of nowhere against a phenomenal uh, Kansas City Chief team. I- <sighs> I to me, it's also part, partly flash in a pan, right? It's not like the Chiefs could have prepared for him. And, uh, you know, they were had been preparing all week for a expected start from Tyrod Taylor. Um, so if he continues to play, which it sounds like he's not, sounds like Taylor's going to be starting when he comes back this week, I wouldn't expect those same kind of stats out of Herbert. But I will give you, you are one for one with your Herbert pick so far. Well, take it. Coulter, what did you think? I I was could have been convinced. And I still think that Anthony Lynn is like lying about this. How was that not their, their strategy going into the game? I was ranting and raving being like, this is a top five coaching move I've ever seen in my life. I thought it was genius to, to just throw everybody off your scent all week, all year, start Tyrod Taylor in the first week, and then really treat week two, like your week one and, and just say, Hey, I'm going with Herbert. I thought that was one of the best coaching moves I've ever seen. They totally got Kansas City off guard. They ruined my handicap from last week when I gave the Chiefs as a best bet because Andy Reid had no time to plan for this kid. He's polished and groomed. He's a very intelligent kid, too. Uh, so, I mean, you knew he was ready for it. I, I don't know. I just I still want to call bullshit on Anthony Linear. How are they going back to Ty Taylor? Yeah. I don't understand this. It went from top five coaching decision I think I've ever seen in my life to now that they're going back to Taylor. I think... Anthony Lynn should be tried for high treason or a criminal war crime or something. What is he doing? It makes no sense to me. And like I said to Mr. Mono last week is that when you put in Herbert, your rookie, it all of a sudden gives you a jolt. Like you now are like, okay, this could be our future. We got something moving here. Tyrod's a nice backup. He's a nice backup. And unless you think you're the the Chargers are going to be competing in the playoffs, go to your young guy, see what you can do and bring some energy. And he looked all like the part. He belonged in that game. I can't see how you how you bench him after that. We might have to put Anthony Lynn on our uh, our coaching Anthony tree. Lynn, Anthony Lynn is on my hot seat because <laughs> I I can't, well what really irked me about this is like okay let's not to waste too much time on this but quickly like let's just say he's telling the truth actually and Taylor was hurt pregame and they went to Herbert and that is all true everything that the media has been saying is true why not lean into this like oh no actually I was duping you guys all along why <laughs> play up the medical thing. I would love to. I would have loved to in post game just be like, yeah, I was screwing with you all week. I knew Herbert was our guy. Yeah, and he made some bonehead moves on. I think it was an overtime on fourth and one. Instead of going for it, they punt the ball, give the ball to Chiefs, and of course, that's when the Chiefs win the game. So, I don't know. Some interesting decisions from uh, from Anthony Lynn. But all right, that's week two. It was, it was a bloodshed. It was a bloodbath. Let's get it out of the way. It's done. Bury it. Don't even think about it. It's on to week three. We've got a great slate of games this week, Mister Model. Why don't you give us a little recap of how everyone did last week? Yeah, it, the competition is hot right now, my friend. We have, uh, I think, over 10 people doing the competition right now. I think maybe upwards of 15. In first place, we have uh, three different entries, all at six points. We have Hannibal, Jomo, and M. Cazalet, Giants fan, 
All three of those guys doing incredibly well at six points. I took a peek at each of them, and all three all three seem to have been pretty consistent of getting two or three points um, in week one and followed up with another strong week in week two. I will call out in second place, the lone second place at five points is you, the man, Ryan. So not too far behind. I think you were coming off of a steaming hot week this week, too, in some of these picks. Um, so that's good. And then everyone else is not too far behind. We will see what we uh, have after week three here. Yeah. And uh, I said it last week. I'll say it again this week. Um, Megan, my sister, she's got this lead. She must know something and I don't know. So, you know, we got to get her on the pod. We gotta get, you're on the pod, yeah, Meg. You're coming out. Gotta gotta some insights. This, uh, <laughs> we got to extract the knowledge. Seriously. Well, good job to everyone. Uh, thanks for competing. We are still looking for a sponsor. If anyone knows a good sponsor, let us know, reach out. You can find us multiple ways. Um, but all right, Mr. Model, let's uh, let's look at the games we've got this week and then let's make our picks. Yep, we have five games queued up in the app this week. The matchups, in my opinion, are significantly better than they were than the poop games last week. <laughs> uh, the first we have the Seattle Seahawks are home against those pesky Dallas Cowboys. The line that we have is Seattle is favored by four and a half. The second game, we have New Orleans against the Green Bay Packers in what what might be the second best game this weekend. I wasn't expecting that out of Green Bay so early, but I'll say it. Uh, New Orleans Saints are home, and they are favored by three and a half. The third game. Such a better game with the fans there. Yes, totally agree. If they're in the Superdome, that would be awesome. Um, The Patriots are the third game against the Las Vegas Raiders. This is up in Foxborough, Massachusetts. New England is the highly favorited team at minus six and a half. Also in the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills are playing the Los Angeles Rams. Buffalo, sneaky little favorite here uh, at home. They're a two and a half point favorite against those Rams. And we'll see what Coulter thinks about that game. I could already take a guess, I think, as of right now. Coulter, what do you got? I like the Rams on the road. Yeah. Again, yet again, I can see that. Keep riding the Rams. And I'll then the last game to Buffalo on Sunday and the Rams will win again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last game that we have is got to be the marquee matchup. This is the Monday night game. I couldn't leave it out. I had to include it. Baltimore Ravens are home against the Kansas city chiefs right now. The Ravens are a small favorite at minus three and a half. So those are the five games that we have in the app this week. I love it. And I just want to call out the contrasts of the night primetime games. Okay. On Thursday, I don't know who picked this game and how they were allowed to pick this game. We got the fucking dolphins at the Jaguars on a primetime. Actually, every team has to play a Thursday nighter, I think, or a prime Uh, game. So that's how they get, they have to get the Jaguars every year somehow. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm going to watch it, but Jesus, that's a terrible game. But you just said the magic words. You just said the words that Goodell will keep (laughs) putting Jaguars and dolphins in on Thursday night, as long as, People are saying that exact phrase. Yep. I'll this needs to watch. This needs to have the color rush jerseys. Like, bring everything back. Give me all the they, shit about this game. They are wearing them. Teal. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> um, but to contrast that, Sunday night is the uh, Packers Saints, and then Monday night we got the uh, Ravens and Chiefs. So awesome uh, games to follow it up. So, um, all right. Let's go ahead. Let's make our picks. Uh, Mr. Model, why don't you uh, lead us off here with your first pick of the week? Yep. So my uh, first pick of the week is that I alluded to a little bit earlier. I'm just not going to overthink it. So the Arizona Cardinals are a team that I've been rooting for, even though I don't have any vested interest in them, simply because of their young up and coming team. I like Cliff Kingsbury. I think Kyler Murray's a phenomenal stud who's going to continue to develop. I think their offense is going to continue to click against this abysmal Detroit Lions defense that they're going to be approaching this week. They're favored by five and a half points, but I like them um, by five and a half, even though that's, you know, just under a touchdown, but not as much as a field goal. So I'm my first pick, my non-key pick. I'm going to be taking those Arizona Cardinals as they take on a Matt Patricia-led Detroit Lions team that I think that is very much heading down where the Cardinals are the exact opposite. Let me tell you something, Mr. Model. You know what I think of that pick? I absolutely love it. (laughs) I love it. Not yes. only do I love it, that's my key pick. And I, I, yep, I talked earlier about Kyler and this offense. 
but you got talk about trajectories. You got two teams here going in the opposite direction. Matt Patricia is a lame duck head coach. He is a supposedly a defensive guru for years in New England, and that defense is getting ripped apart. They got nothing going for him. They're a dead team. To just get absolutely blown out by the Packers is embarrassing. I know the Packers are a good team, uh, but you're telling me that now I get to have a hot team with Kyler and this explosive offense going up against a defense that just got ripped up. Give me the Cardinals all day long. Coulter, what do you think? I like this pick. Uh, you got to go off the trends and you got to go off of what is perceived now as a coaching advantage uh, with, uh, with Kingsbury. I didn't, these two teams actually played to a tie at the beginning of last year. And I actually thought the coaching was pretty much even, but since then it's played out where Kingsbury clearly is, I think the better coach and they're heading in the right direction. He's making the right moves. Uh, the team is playing better on a week to week basis. My one concern with this pick though is Arizona's quality of opponents. And you might scratch your head and say, well, they played the Niners week one. Isn't that the team that represented the NFC in the Super Bowl? Incorrect. Statistically, Arizona is the best team. They have a statistical anomaly against the Niners. They've covered against them eight of the last nine times. There's something about the Niners and, and, and Cardinals play close games. I don't know what it is because it goes beyond just the Kingsbury era, but he's played them close since he's been their coach. And so and my point being is that Arizona has played a weaker Niners team or a team that they have an advantage on. They beat them. And then they also beat a team of Washington that can't even accumulate 200 yards per game. Uh, Stafford is going to throw for at least 300 in this game. He's not Jimmy G. He's not Dwayne Haskins. That would be my one fear backdoor cover. The line is pretty light, though, in our pool. It's right in that Vegas zone of minus five and a half. So I'd have to go with a lean on the Cardinals. But I did just want to raise that point about their strength of schedule. Yeah, it's fair. Um I think it's a good number, though. Five and a half seems where it should be. The number is what has me in Arizona. If it was six and a half or seven, I would yeah. be leaning towards Detroit, even though I don't want to be. So thankfully, they're giving us a free point, and I'll, I'll stay with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler. Yep. All right, Coulter, give us your first pick. Going back to the well with the Titans here, minus two and a half. Uh, I love this came in under three. Similar to the Eagles, I think the Vikings are a team that's a sinking ship. There might be, they might have some locker room issues there. Uh, the home field advantage is taken into account for with the lighter line, but it's actually it benefits us that it uh, this game is happening in Minnesota but without fans. Uh, there's a limited advantage this year, so this is a team that Vegas usually prices at least to three and a half to four range when they're home. And I think they're kind of doing that still here with Minnesota, but there are no fans. So I think that implied advantage is actually completely not there. It's a non-factor. Um, as I mentioned, I think Minnesota is in a bad situation here. Uh, the only direction I would, would lead me in Minnesota is Zimmer is amazing off of a loss, but that was the same thing that happened last week. I was on Minnesota uh, citing that stat all week to people that he was 67% against the spread coming off a loss. Uh, just because he's coaching for his job, I'm not going to be persuaded again here. Um, Tennessee thinks it's a Super Bowl contender. Uh, if they if they can if they believe that they can really breeze by Minnesota, if this is a t talk about teams and heading in different directions, Tennessee thinks they're heading towards Tampa Bay, and Minnesota could be heading towards a top five lottery pick in the draft. Um, people are going to be looking at that number and thinking, how is Tennessee favored after they barely barely beat Jacksonville last week? But the real truth is that the Titans were coming off Monday night in altitude. And the final score showed it. They got tired late. That's not going to happen this week. Um, and I actually think the betters are going to be desperate to back a home favorite. We haven't seen this many times yet this year. Uh, or a home underdog. Sorry, not a home favorite. A uh, home underdog. I mean, how many have we had this year in, in this spot? I think the public pounds it. Uh, this is also a team that was projected to win their division to boot. The fact that they're a home dog in week three suggests to me that the public cannot stay away from this Minnesota team. I will fade gladly. I have Tennessee's over win total. I have them going to the Super Bowl in a couple of prop bets uh, that I made before the season. So I don't mind doubling down here on the Titans minus two and a half at Minnesota. I'm right there with you. I like that pick a lot. Um, I, I was doubting Ryan Tannehill like literally every week since he's been there. I just thought it was a flash in the pan for the first week. So I'm like, well, maybe he's got something going. But listen, that offense that they've got, they figured out how to make it work. You just give the ball to Derrick Henry and then you hit him with play action and let Tannehill just make some smart decisions. And it's really working for them. And I agree, Coulter, the same thing as the, the last game we talked about. These teams are on different trajectories. I think people are shocked that Minnesota is not good or at least not that good. Uh, but I just don't believe in Kirk cousins, never have never will. And I think the fact that they lose Stefan Diggs now, really you only got Thielen, and that changes things. Now, now teams can focus on Thielen. 
it limits what you can do offensively. Um, I, I'm on the Titans. I don't think that they're necessarily the class of the AFC. I would say that's still the Ravens and the Chiefs, but a very good team. Oh, I don't can think make so much. either. My bets were strictly based on value. I mean, they were 16 to one, whereas the Colts were 10 to one and the Steelers were 10 to one. I just thought Tennessee was better. Uh, yeah. And quite frankly, I, one I really wish I had placed was Buffalo. They were 13 to one. No reason why the Colts should be in front of Buffalo for the AFC odds, in my opinion. Yeah. Mr. Model, what do you think? Yeah, I think you make that three. I am all in on Tennessee minus two and a half this weekend, too. The big thing for me is what you just kind of called out. Ryan Tannehill has been playing significantly better than what I would have expected. 18 for 24 last week, four touchdowns. I think he's going to be going up against a young, uh, soft Minnesota Viking secondary. So I would love to see him perform exactly like he did last week and be able to put up some points. Yeah, and I don't see why, uh, why it can't happen. Um, all right. So I gave you, uh, Arizona's my key pick. So Mr. Model, why don't you take us out here for your second pick of the week? Your key pick. Yeah. Yeah. Looking over the board. That's never a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I was looking at the board cause I saw that the, they updated the spreads in our pool. I, I was going blind earlier off of projections. <laughs> Luckily my projections were actually spot on. I like that. So you know, sometimes you just got to go with your gut. My, my gut, I looked at this earlier, it still feels pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm going to go Pittsburgh minus three and a half at home against those Houston Texans that I am oh. going to just disrespect yet again. I honestly, so I caught a bunch of the, the video last week when they played a Pittsburgh-Denver game. I was just really impressed with a lot of aspects on both sides of the ball for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they have a very versatile offense where they have, uh, you know, Connor is a great running back who can definitely make some things happen. Big Ben is actually looking better and better as he's coming back and getting some more reps. And they have some young, talented wide receivers that can beat you when you don't expect it. And then the thing for me, too, on, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, they have a similar, maybe not as trumpeted as like the Washington Redskins D line, but they're, whoa, whoa, whoa. Washington football team. Scary. <laughs> it's scary. Um, yeah. So I, they have some disruptors there. And I just think that they can be able to contain Houston and uh, take this by more than three and a half. That's going to be my key pick. Colton, what do you think? Uh, one fear again here, not to do this, the same song and dance with you, but this is, uh, I, I would, Honestly, I have to say Pittsburgh and Arizona probably rank one, two in my respective. Who have they played rankings? Pittsburgh has played Daniel Jones. No offense to you, Kaz. And then they also got a game of Locke and Driscoll last week. Uh, Honestly, did not impress me against the Giants. I thought that was just a really ugly game. They shut down the Giants run game and the Giants didn't really have much else to offer offensively. Jason Garrett ran a very bland offense besides the first quarter in that game. Pittsburgh got out to a lead and they just kind of sat on it. I respect Pittsburgh's defense. I really do. I think they're the best unit in the league. I think I said that before the season. Um, so I do like the pick. The line is light and I'm not going to be taking Bill O'Brien again. So you're, you have an agreement with me, but I do caution with Arizona and Pittsburgh. It's funny that you pick those two teams is that I think those two wins that they've had, I would not be surprised if Detroit or Houston cover somehow, although I'm going to take the Cardinals and, and Steelers, but I do think, it is worth raising caution on Pittsburgh's two wins. I mean, they couldn't even, and we'll get to the Broncos here in a second. They couldn't even cover yeah. against How many backups did the Broncos have in? The Broncos don't have a single offensive skill player above the age of 25, other than Melvin Gordon on the entire roster. And they they're hurt already. I mean, they're getting younger and younger as, as more veterans get hurt and hurt. I mean, it's just insane. And they could barely beat that team. Barely, they didn't cover. They failed to cover against that team. At my, home. my only Monday fear night. My only fear with this, and I, it just pains me to say that Bill O'Brien is is going to somehow have to fight for this, but if they lose this game, they're done. I mean, they're barely going to have a, a chance at a wild card spot. You go 0-3, your season's over. I just feel like they got to win this game, and maybe they get a cover here. That's my only concern is that this is like a desperate team, whereas if you're Pittsburgh, you know, you're off to 2-0, you lose this game, you know, it hurts. You got the Ravens in your division, but... God, I feel like Deshaun Watson's got to do something to take over a game eventually, and this feels like the game to me. I don't know. I think this line, too, uh, really factors in the the scheduling thing. Uh, Houston playing 
KC and Baltimore, like we touched on, and Pittsburgh playing a light schedule, it's low because of that factor. And I don't think a lot of people are going to realize that. I think they're going to think, oh, Pittsburgh is 2-0 and Bill O'Brien sucks. Let's go with a three and a half. Whereas like the three and a half is a very intentional number. I think it also factors in the Deshaun Watson thing too, as you just said, Kaz. I think he's a he's a Joe Burrow backdoor covering machine. Yeah, something's got to give. I don't hate that pick, Mr. Model, but just some wonkiness that I got feeling here with Bill O'Brien. But uh, Coulter, why don't you give us your key pick? <laughs> I've never done this before on the pod, but I'm taking my Broncos plus six and a half. I Woo! no. <laughs> I never thought that this would happen. This is an absurd line. This is a, this is stupid. Six and a half at home for the Broncos is absurd. Uh, They're way undervaluing Jeff Driscoll. He was fine last year for the Lions. He played really competent in relief last week against the Steelers. And I know you could say, oh, maybe they didn't have tape on him or whatever. And they didn't prepare for him to practice. At the end of the day, he's worse than Locke. And he played better or he moved the ball against their defense. I don't care if they were prepared for him or not. Uh, their defense is good, and he moved the ball. He should be able to move the ball on Tampa Bay. Um, they're also overinflating Brady here at six and a half. They're overinjusting for the fact that the public is going to ride him after he covered last week. He hasn't looked that great. He was underwhelming against a really bad Panthers defense. I, I don't love our defense with all the injuries in the secondary and obviously the Miller, but like we're better than Carolina. So, uh, and I also think they backed into that cover too. I don't even think they intended to cover. Um, they have an advantage in the passing game, Tampa Bay does, and, and that would be the one reason not to pick the Broncos uh, is Mike Evans and, and Godwin could easily have two touchdowns apiece and have like their fantasy breakout games both in the same game. Uh, the Broncos are really weak in that area. Uh, we all know the storylines uh, there, but the real thing here that I'm taking the Broncos here is this is just a homer pick. Mile High has been a house of horrors for TB12 throughout his career. He threw the pick to Champ Bailey in 2005. He lost in the AFC Championship game twice to Peyton Manning. Uh, he's also lost there, I think, twice more. He lost to Brock Osweiler there. He lost to Kyle Orton there in 2009, the game that I would attended. I'm going to double down on that history. Uh, TB12 in Denver. I'm going to take my Broncos. This is our Super Bowl. I think Denver keeps this close. We don't really have much else to look forward to. Tom versus time. That altitude is going to take him. I like how you brought up that cover uh, last week with the Buccaneers because I was watching that game. I had the Panthers. The cover was locked. There's like a minute and something to go in the game. And Leonard Fournette breaks like a 45 yard touchdown for, you know, blow out the cover. I'm like, God damn it. That was terrible. So I think you're right where the betting public is pushing this number up a little bit. I have Denver in our pool. I, I wouldn't touch this game, but I like your balls, Colter. I like the Homer pick there. Uh, I do think Brady, he's still got a little bit left in the tank. But what you're realizing is that the Buccaneers are not the Patriots. And Brady's just another year older. The altitude. I can see it. What do you think, Mr. Model? I'm out. I'm out. Give me, give me Tampa minus six and a half. I'll admit. So I looked at the line. It's already gone down. So it does support you all in your thinking in getting some value at six and a half It's down to minus six right now. So heading in Denver's favor. Um, But yeah, I I just, with all the injuries that I think Denver's facing, I just can't get on that bandwagon. I think this is going to be a a one touchdown game and I can see Tampa Bay winning it. So I'm going to be jumping on them and we'll see how this goes. All right. Well, I gave you my, I could be way undervaluing our injuries. I should add, but I I'm going with the Homer pick. It might not be the smartest pick, but of all these lines, I think you, and I know you're on the bucks, uh, Aaron, but like you have to admit that line is ridiculous of all the lines this week. It is big. Yeah. Ridiculously large for reasons I just don't even understand. Yeah. Well, I gave you my key pick in Arizona, so I'm just going to give you my regular pick here. Um, and it continues with my little theory here. I mentioned Tom versus time. He's looking a little older. Well, this pick is purely reactionary after week two. So you can call me crazy if you want to, but I'm sorry. I think Drew Brees and the Saints yeah. are just falling off a wagon. I'm taking Green Bay here. Okay. Rodgers. We talked about this. He's on his fuck you season. Their offense is potent right now. They got the ground game running with Aaron Jones. They've got weapons. Devontae Adams might not be playing, but guess what? If Michael Thomas is not playing, Drew Brees has no outside weapons. Okay. They're going to rely on Taysom Hill to be a little key gadget player. They're going to give the ball to Kamara a ton. But if you're Green Bay, you got to key up on Kamara. That's it. You got to focus on Alvin Kamara. Don't let him kill you, and you're going to win this game. Without fans in the, in the in the Superdome makes a huge difference as well. 
I just love what I'm getting here with value. So I'm taking the Packers here minus three and a half more than a field goal. What am I missing? I'm switching to my key pick to Green Bay. I didn't even realize they gave us the hook in the pool. I yeah. actually completely missed that until just now. Three and a half is great. And you hit the the main point there being that there's no fans in the dome. I don't know why the line is adjusted to be to account for fans that are not going to be there. That sounds yeah. so stupid. And for I, a quarterback that has a noodle arm. He didn't look like shit against the Raiders. And I picked the Raiders to cover that. I did not think they were going to win that well. game outright. He did not look good at all. And I and guess you saw you it say- last year too. I mean, and we were, we've talked on the pod about how fucking Sean Payton plays games with Taysom Hill and, and everything about that team just doesn't seem right in some level. Uh, I, I love this pick. This is, yeah. I, the more you got talking, I just, I clicked the key <laughs> on the pool. I was just like, you know what? Forget about the Broncos. I'm making a mid, mid, mid pod switch here to it, Aaron Rodgers. It just seems like a weird line to me. And I get that the saints need to win this game and bounce back, but the Packers offense is but aren't they rolling. so much more storied up for a one and two start. I feel like that's so much more fitting. The saints team this year is one of those teams that are underachieving uh, yeah. like they always do in September. Mr. And Model. You said, I mean, this is based on if Thomas plays, that's a big if, if he big doesn't if. play, this line goes to two and a half, right? Yeah. He's a uh, easy. Easy. What do you think? Mr. Model. And if he plays, it doesn't move. Yeah. I hate to say it, but I I'm with you guys on this one as well. I, I had taken green Bay at plus three and a half. Plus three and a half just seemed way too big for me for offenses putting up 40 plus points in his first two games, albeit against lesser opponents. But I think this will be one of the fantastic games to watch this weekend. I will be rooting for Green Bay unless I uh, do a little flip flop on Sunday morning. <laughs> we just covered this, Mr. Model. We're not flip flopping anymore. We're locking our picks in. <laughs> I also think to your point, Kaz, which makes this a great pick is I know Aaron Jones just shined uh, on Sunday. So this is going to be a weird thing to say, but. I actually think Green Bay has a two-headed monster, and I think that's going to benefit them because one of the things I noticed last night with the Raiders is that Jacobs was effective, but he wasn't totally effective, and it was kind of because they lacked that like complementary balance to him as a back, and they tried to get Richard going, but he kept fumbling, and then he he made a couple nice runs, but it just didn't come together for them on the ground totally. But I think there was a weakness there, and I think Jones can kill him, and I think Williams can come in and also carve him up and. Once they get that Green Bay ground game going, I mean, the Broders in the spite season, if, 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 especially too, if Adams is healthy, I mean, this line is, this line is best bet of the season. If Adams is healthy, Thomas is out. This is one that not only we should be playing in the pool, but we should be playing in real life. Like this is a, I love what Green Bay has done with the roster construction, the new GM last year. He's done a huge turnover on that defense. I love the way that team is built. I don't like the way New Orleans is built. This has been a, a year-long kind of collision course. I love this pick, Green Bay. Yeah. All right, those are our picks. So I know, Colter, you had a bonus one. We kind of touched on it. So give us give us your bonus pick. Yeah, that bonus pick was the uh, the Bengals plus six. It's, in, it's plus five and a half in the pool against Philly. I just think there's some bad juju against uh, surrounding that Philly locker room. Maybe they come together and prove me wrong. They did last year. Uh, that's the one thing about Philly is like when you start – man wagoning against them is when they pull out an eight and eight NFC East winning yep. season. Yep. It's such a hard, Ugh. it's such a hard team to clamor around and go all in against. Uh, but I'm kind of trying to do that here. You know, this is the time of year that we've seen two weeks of football. You kind of start making judgments on teams. Not that I'm overreacting on Philly. I, I don't even know if their football team is necessarily a bad team. I just don't know what is going on there in the locker room. And I think it's just going to be a long season for him. And I'll, I'll yeah. take bro. I'll take bro in a back door. He's a backdoor specialist. I love it. I love it. I'm going to ride it until it fills. Um, none of us took the, uh, the marquee matchup, the, the Ravens and the chiefs, but I think we should just give a couple of minutes on it here. I mean, the Ravens are favored three and a half. They obviously look much better. The chiefs got a, a sneak out of a win from the Chargers last week, but they did not look good at all. What do you what do you expect them from this game here, Coulter? Uh, if I could make another best bet, I would go with Chiefs. Uh, you knew, you know what my feelings are with Baltimore. I think them playing behind. We went over this in the preseason. Yep. There are stats out there. Lamar Jackson is a really, really average quarterback when Baltimore is trailing. We saw it against Tennessee last year in the playoffs. And guess what? This is a team that has won and hasn't trailed in 12 straight regular season games games they have not been hit in the mouth by a team like kansas city in over a year what is going to happen when kansas city goes up 14 7 17 7 
I'd love to know. We faded, we faded uh, Patriots last year in the same exact situation against Ravens when they, we, the question was, what happens to Brady when he falls behind? This is the exact same thing. What happens with Lamar Jackson when he falls behind 10 points? I will pay to find out. I like the Chiefs. Okay. Mr. Mono, what do you think? Wow. I love that. I love that setup. Um, I am also on Kansas City at plus three and a half, but maybe not because of the same reasons. Um, I, this was a struggle because Baltimore has been my team that I'm riding and I'm just going to ride them until they lose. But I think that they're going to lose this weekend in terms of the point spread. I could see them eking this out, but three and a half seemed like a lot to me. Uh, Kansas City started clicking finally late in order to make a furious comeback and then hit an awesome game winner. I think they're coming in with a bunch of momentum coming from a purely non-analytical perspective here. I'm going to take those chiefs and see if they can make something happen this weekend. And I love the point around uh, points early to see if the Ravens can then come back. Yeah. And my only concern with the chiefs is that they looked so flat against the chargers and, and maybe it's just a game they didn't get up for, you know, maybe they thought Herbert, they were going to steamroll the stadium them. special. That too. That NFL too. loves to give the new stadium teams an edge. Yeah. They're so far, they're three and zero in covering They're two and one straight up the new stadium teams. It's, like, it, it's it, honestly wish we had more of those opportunities, but I think they've already all passed. <laughs> yeah. I honestly do think that factored into it. I also think too, an advantage for us here with the chiefs, if we're all backing them is, you know, kind of my main handicap last week going into the game is Andy Reid preparation time. What did he just do for the last 10 days preparing for the chargers? Ty Taylor. What does he have to prepare for this week? Lamar Jackson. I know Lamar Jackson's a lot faster than Ty Taylor, but this is a chief's defense that has been preparing for a mobile running quarterback now for the last 14 days, 21 days. Yeah. They both, that's all they've been doing. They were preparing for Watson in the preseason. So literally their opening games are against Watson, Ty Taylor, and Lamar Jackson, they've not had to change up anything schematically as a defense. And this is a team that was really playing at its best defensively uh, as the season came to an end last year. It got better perpetually through the playoffs. I still like them as a defensive unit. I like the Chiefs. Okay. I, for the record, I have the, the Ravens in the pick here. I feel like I just got to ride the hot hand, but who knows? I mean, that, that game to me is a coin flip in terms of betting the spread. All right. Well, we've got a great slate of games. Besides the shitter on Thursday night, and you know what else I like too is that we got a bunch of four o'clock games this week. There's like four or five four o'clock games, which is awesome in my opinion. Plus the two marquee Sunday night game, Monday night game. So a lot of football. Any parting thoughts here we got before we wrap up week three? Go Steelers. Pray for the Giants fans. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I, my only thought would just be I hope uh, there's not as many injuries because that really does bring down. It really day. does. Yeah, because there were some good games. That Chiefs Chargers game was amazing, and that Seattle New England game was amazing. But it's I almost felt like I was shell shocked after the first wave of games that I almost truly didn't enjoy them as much as I, I you know you would you normally do it if it wasn't like my quarterback and fantasy running back getting injured uh, you know all in one afternoon. So yeah, and as a Giants fan, my all hope is lost. I just have to now hope that my fantasy team does well, my gambling picks do well, and that's really all I got to cling to. So. That does it for week number three in the NFL season. That is also episode 79 of the podcast, gentlemen. So we'll see everybody next week on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. And you know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. Oh, I'm fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.